1937 was a significant year in history. The Hindenburg crashed, Amelia Earhart vanished, and Spam hit grocery store shelves. Amongst these prolific events, something else was happening. The beginning of a very long journey for medical laboratory professionals in Canada. Working away in hospital labs right here in Hamilton, Ontario, were four visionaries. Four individuals who thought it was important to recognize and support medical lab professionals. Ms. Helen Smith was working at the Hamilton General Hospital when she began talking about a professional association for lab workers. She enlisted the help of Mr. Frank Elliott, senior biochemist at the same hospital, Dr. William Dedman, supervising pathologist, along with Mr. Dennis Locke. Together, they joined the mission to create a society to connect professionals from all over the country. Within a year, they had recruited 65 members when they first became incorporated as the Canadian Society of Laboratory Technologists in May 1937. The efforts and determination of these individuals grew the association into what we are today, 80 years later, as the Canadian Society for Medical Laboratory Science, the CSMLS. These people were no different than you or I. They did their jobs, were likely very passionate about their work and about the patients they helped. But something pushed them to do more. Something fired them up enough to step outside of their day-to-day work and to take on a little bit extra. They had no special training in advocacy, public or government relations. They relied on their own judgments and the support of others. So if they managed to create a national professional society in the year that SPAM was created, what's stopping you from doing great things for your profession? Probably not much. I'm Kathy Bowers, and this is The Objective Lens. a good question. How do you encourage people to put themselves out there? I think showing support, being supportive in our community of practice, saying that you know this job, you are an expert within this practice. Who better to say that message than you? And if it's not you, who do you expect to go out there and do it, to say it? You are the one in the field that's working that job day to day. You're the one with the patients. You're the one on the analyzer. You're the one that's critically thinking, troubleshooting everything. And I don't think people give themselves enough credit. They don't realize that they're an expert in their own profession, just not being reflective of that or contemplating that or thinking that there's opportunity out there, that people do want to listen to your message. They do want to hear what you have to say. That's Michelle Sykes, a CSMLS board member. You may remember hearing her in last week's episode. When we spoke with Michelle, she shared some great experiences from her volunteer work at different levels within the profession. So I wanted to include some of her insights on why she got more involved in speaking up and becoming an advocate for the medical lab profession. It was the guidance aspect that I felt like I, my community deserved my time. And it wasn't a huge time commitment. I could still do it and manage all of my personal interests, like binge watching Netflix at that time. Um, 
I wanted to make sure that the opportunities that were presented to me and just that one casual conversation, that maybe that one casual conversation I have with somebody else could spark that interest in them and then sustain this professional community of practice and wanting to give back and wanting to be a leader within the profession. If I could spark that in somebody else and enable and empower them to want to give back, I think that is just enough reward in itself. I really like what she said there. She got involved because she felt the lab community deserved her time. What a great statement. How many of us feel that our profession deserves our time? outside of your day job. I suppose that's the difference between being a passive or active member of your profession. I know what you're thinking. Not everyone is comfortable being vocal about their job. Not everyone wants to stand on the soapbox. I get it. Michelle does too. I think people are just nervous to put themselves out there. They think about the criticisms or they don't like to watch themselves. So whether that be criticisms from others or from self, I think they do often shy away from it and perhaps because the creative arts individuals or the individuals that put themselves into broadcasting are the ones that like to be out there. They don't mind it. Uh, We're very science oriented and individuals that like to critically think and investigate and perhaps work um, independently within a laboratory environment, not thinking that there's opportunity to put yourself on TV, on social media, on the radio, etc. Um, so it's, you might find a few individuals in there that show that passion, but yeah, I think in the greater people are just quite shy to put themselves out there. Michelle is probably not your typical lab professional. She is an educator, an instructor at Red River College, so she already has a certain comfort level for public speaking. When she began her career, she started out on the right foot by applying for and winning a Leaders of Tomorrow grant from the CSMLS. This allowed her to attend LabCon, our national conference. It was there that Michelle felt she was part of a much larger community, and she realized she can contribute to that community. Many times, volunteering can open doors, can build confidence, and hone skills not usually developed on the bench. Michelle went on to volunteer for the board in her provincial society, and then on to run and successfully win the seat on the National Board of Directors. I won't go into too much more on volunteering, as we did a whole episode on that a few weeks ago. I encourage you to listen to it if you haven't already. What I discovered is that the link between being a volunteer and being an advocate are closely tied. Carolyn McCarville is an MLT in Prince Edward Island. She has been involved with volunteer roles within the profession for several years. She, like Michelle also sat on the board of her provincial society. I spoke to her about what she got out of taking an active role within the profession. It was incredibly rewarding because being part of the PEI SMS board opened up so many windows of opportunity for me. You know, it was kind of like, I don't know, like a domino effect. One role or project would develop into another. You know, I was able to travel for volunteer business at CSMLS headquarters and attend conferences and on radio and TV and lobby the government, you know, a lot of fun and exciting opportunities where, you know, I learned so, so much. And, I mean, you get to meet a lot of really cool and inspiring people along the way, too. So there's just, there's just so much that came from that. This is something we hear from volunteers a lot. 
that their experiences are so rewarding and are well worth the little bit of stress of putting themselves out into the public eye. It can feel incredibly vulnerable, I guess. Um, You know, sometimes I'd worry that I'd say the wrong thing or I wouldn't be representative of my peers and my profession. But it gets a little easier with time and experience. Um, I guess when there's naysayers in the back of my mind, if I would think, you know, if they had such issue with it, then they should be out here volunteering too and adding their voice. So I kind of just had to keep my chin up and continue on. When you think of an advocate, you may have an image of someone standing in front of a crowd or in a room full of reporters. It can seem daunting, scary even, and as Carolyn said there, you feel vulnerable. Advocates are trying to get their message heard, but how they do that can take on many forms. It doesn't necessarily need to be in front of thousands. You don't have to lead the parade, per se. Carolyn spoke to the idea of starting small. Even you can just start on a small, very individual level to advocate because, you know, CSMOS does such a wonderful job advocating to the public and government on a large scale, but grassroots advocacy is really, you know, where it's at. If every um, MLP took the time to quickly explain what you actually do and why you're important every time you're called a nurse or asked what you do for a living, you know, that, that can be impactful. Um, you really have to start from the bottom by educating our community and then building up to the larger issues affecting our profession. I mean, why on earth would anyone care about, you know, the lack of clinical placements for MLTs when they don't know who we are? So, you know, advocating on an individual level is, you know, almost essentially free, and it builds pride within our profession, too. So, you know, if people could just even start there and get comfortable with that and then maybe move forward with it a little bit more, you know, the, the result could be endless. This is why there are such similarities in some of our members' stories. They usually started small within their own community or their own provincial society. From there, raising your voice gets easier, and standing out in a crowd becomes less uncomfortable. Last year, the CSMLS pitched an idea to the Globe and Mail, a national newspaper, to do a story on what it's really like to work in the lab and detect disease. We thought of Carolyn for the piece because we had known some of her involvement with the PEI Society and had worked with her on other projects. See, one thing always leads to the next. Carolyn was willing to share her very personal story in a very public forum because she felt it was important to the profession as a whole. That was her contribution. That's how she used her voice to give the public a firsthand account about the work that she does. That was so cool. Um, I, I guess I didn't realize the, the scope or the impact it would have. Um, and I guess it just it felt incredibly vulnerable to put myself out like that, um, especially because um, it was a bit of a departure for me to speak so candidly and on a personal level. So I was, I was a little bit nervous before the article came out, but then once it was released and all this positive um, feedback came back, it was, I don't know, it was a great experience. I'm really happy that I was able to be part of that. As much as advocacy opportunities tend to be linked to volunteer work, it doesn't always have to be. There are small, personal ways that you can become an advocate. 
and sometimes without even having to leave your living room. A lot of other programs, if you go online, you can find, you know, like I'm in business, I'm in whatever, pre-med, and you can find a lot of commonalities and find people who are willing to speak on the subject. But I couldn't find anything about med lab. Um, and I don't know if that's partly because maybe there wasn't someone who was vocal online about it, and maybe partly because of the people that are drawn to the profession tend to be slightly more introverted if you're going to. I guess there's a bit. Um, and for me, I consider myself an extrovert. So it was maybe a natural progression that I felt comfortable being able to, you know, stand up and start saying something. That's Krista Yurchenko, an MLT working in Ottawa, Ontario. When Krista describes herself as an extrovert, she isn't kidding. In fact, one could argue that the description is an understatement. Krista is a passionate person. Just ask her about the Habs. And she isn't shy about showing it. When Krista began her journey to become an MLT, she couldn't find much information being posted online about what the career was like. That's because there wasn't much out there, at least not from a firsthand perspective. And that information gap contributes to a problem that all lab professionals are painfully aware of. The public has no clue they exist. So a lot of the time when I'm speaking to my family and friends, they had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) So I found it as a good opportunity to share a little bit about the profession, what I'm doing in school, and hopefully educate them on, again, why med lab is important. Because a lot of the time when, you know, my parents would say, oh, you know, she's away at school for med lab science, they would kind of be confused and ask if it was a nursing degree, ask if I'm in medical school. Um, they didn't understand kind of that there were live, well-educated people behind the scenes that were analyzing, um, you know, their samples. So that was also uh, one of the reasons I did start my blog. So Krista decided to do something about that. She started a blog. If you Google MedLab blogs, you'll spot hers about six entries down the first page. It's called MedLab Maven. She began the blog in 2012, shortly after midnight on a seemingly random Wednesday. In her post, Krista wrote, quote, I feel like sharing my experience in this program can help create discussion about healthcare and the important role medical lab technologists play in the diagnosis and treatment of disease, end quote. And it did. As Krista shared her experience attending the Medical Laboratory Sciences program at the Michener Institute, she began to gain a following. Other students who were seeking out like-minded lab techs to be began interacting with Krista online. Over the next three years, Krista would document her experience, the subject matter she found fascinating, and the profession she was growing more and more passionate about. All of this content created a digital footprint that lasts. So next time a young student turns to Google to find information on what it's like to study lab sciences, unlike Krista herself, this student will now find something. But students weren't the only one noticing the content Krista was sharing on her blog. In fact, that's how we at CSMLS first discovered her. As more people began to notice her online activities, opportunities seemed to follow. 
Well, some of the positives I've gotten from being so vocal online is I've had a lot of opportunities to do things very early in my career that I thought I would really never have the ability to do. Um, one of them being I spoke at LapCon in 2015, which was a goal night that I had set in a 10-year goal, and I was able to achieve it within two, which was mm. really um, an amazing experience. And I felt very thankful that I was able to get those opportunities from it. As opportunities became more visible to her, Krista was quick to say yes to as many as she could. She has become an ardent volunteer for the CSMLS, participating on exam panels and lobby days. And when she couldn't find volunteer opportunities that fit, she created them. Krista was instrumental in the creation of the CSMLS Ambassador Program, which she continues to chair. Her participation in the community didn't end with CSMLS. Krista has worked with the Hervolution, which provides workshops and instructional seminars on topics related to science, technology, engineering, and mathematics for low-income and marginalized youth with a focus on girls and young women. They say there is a flip side to every coin. The notoriety and opportunities that came with Krista's online visibility did come with some challenges. You definitely have to monitor what you're saying, and I try to more see from a personal experience, and that for me also has been a challenge of knowing, since I've been out of school, I've been having a harder time trying to figure out what I can blog or can post online, because obviously there's patient confidentiality, and um, I would never want to be breaking that, and as well, I, you know, because you're working for someone, you kind of have to monitor what uh, is allowed, and if they would, I guess not be happy with you posting online. The relationship between your online behavior and your work life can be a very nuanced balancing act. We've all heard tales of individuals who have gotten themselves into trouble at work due to something they posted on social media. The lab is not immune. To help, the CSMLS created a position statement on the accountable use of social media. The document seeks to provide some guidance to help navigate any potentially sticky situations. I'll put a link to the full statement on our website, podcast.csmls.org. But essentially, there are three areas you want to pay particular attention to. Legislation, specifically legislation protecting patient privacy and health information. Employer policies, including social media policies or any other policies on behavior or professionalism, and professional standards, any standards of practice or codes set forth by your regulatory body or professional association. Your online behavior can't contravene any of those. But I say that not to dissuade you or scare anyone off of using social media as a platform to advocate about MedLab. In fact, I hope to see more lab professionals join Krista in providing a personal and public voice for the profession. As Krista has shown, it can be a powerful tool for engaging with people so long as it's done with thoughtful consideration and intention. Beyond the balancing act, Krista also alluded to the effects on her personal privacy and the demands of people reaching out to her. She cautions that you need to draw a line for yourself and set some boundaries. For Krista, the positives clearly outweighed the negatives. She continues to encourage others to join her in advocating for the profession. And from her perspective, there are ample ways to start. 
within the profession itself, like being a part of the CSMLS to me is advocating for the profession because you're wanting to better the profession and you're wanting to help, like let's say being on exam panel or participating at LabCon. Like to me, that's even advocating because you're being an active member and role in the profession. Okay, I promise I didn't pay her to say that. Pinky swear. If you are looking to become an advocate but don't know where to start, well, maybe you don't have to look too far. Why well, be active and involved, I think, is the first step. Um, but even advocacy on a different level would be maybe within your hospital, being a part of um, interprofessional committees so that you're bridging that gap between nurses and physicians and pharmacists. And maybe you want to introduce like weekly rounds where like your infectious disease doctor comes around and speaks to you about the case that you worked a blood culture up on. You know, like that's a pretty easy step that you can kind of start getting lab sciences into the conversation and consider us, you know, we are a key part of the healthcare system. The doctor wouldn't have made that diagnosis of sepsis without, you know, our culture ID on it. So bringing us to the table and representing us as a profession in just even in that sense, I think it's a, an easy way to advocate within your own workplace if you're worried about stepping out of, you know, maybe stepping out of your work, workplace or stepping out of your comfort zone of being online or in the community. That's a small step you can start with. Being an advocate means standing up and speaking out in support of something you truly believe in. If you are working within the med lab profession, you chose this career. You chose this as your life's work. I'm going to assume you truly believe in the work you do. And that right there is reason enough to be an advocate. If there's one thing I've learned since working at the Society, it's that medical lab professionals are proud. And you have every right to be. So why not use that pride to help promote the profession? What I hope you can take from this episode is to start considering yourself an advocate. Look around to see what opportunities may be there to start a conversation about your work. If you don't see any opportunities, make them. Create a way to educate others about what you do or to explain your role in healthcare. Because if you don't, who will? The Objective Lens is written and produced by Michael Grant and myself, Kathy Bowers, and is the official podcast of the Canadian Society for Medical Laboratory Science. Editing and technical assistance by Joel Tresini. Administrative support by Ridmilla Minor. For other episodes, supplemental content, and bonus material, visit our website at podcast.csmls.org. If you're in the medical laboratory field, you will want to go to the website to find a link to a short quiz. By completing the quiz, you will earn a certificate verifying professional development hours for listening to this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Come chat with us on Twitter, at CSMLS, or on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com slash CSMLS. <laughs>